Then these deacon men do a wonderful job. I think they deserve a hand. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. This time now we're going to pause for a time in our service where we all can participate. Just remember that you can't be God-given. I don't care how hard you try. Amen. So we're going to ask now that you, we all prepare for the benevolent offering. And again, be a blessing to somebody who may need what we can give more so than we do ourselves. Choir is coming. The ushers are coming. And we're going to again ask that we all prepare now for our benevolent offering for the morning.
Let us pray, church. Almost heavenly, gracious Father, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We thank you once again, Lord, for allowing us to be in your house of worship one more time. We thank you, Lord, for giving us the opportunity to worship and praise your holy name. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you for your word that blesses us abundantly that we may have to give to those that in need. For, Lord, we know that it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. So we thank you for that, Lord, for this opportunity to help those. So now, Lord, we ask that you bless this benevolent offering. Not only bless the offering, Lord, bless those that gave and bless those that had the desire to give. And we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who gave the ultimate price that we may have eternal life. It is his precious name that we say, amen. morning, K Chapel. At this time, we'll read the meaning of baptism. It reads as follows. From Matthew, the 28th chapter, verses 18 to 20th reads, And Jesus came and spake unto him, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the earth. Amen. Amen. Romans chapter 6, verses 3 through 11 reads, Know ye not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of the sin might not be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. May the Lord add a blessing to the readers, hearers, and doers of his holy word. great head of the church and on the profession of your faith my brother I now baptize thee in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit
great head of the church. I know the profession of your faith, my brother. I now baptize thee in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. God, we come now thanking you for those that have put you on by baptism. We thank you, O oh Father. We ask, O oh Lord, that you would just wrap your loving arms around them. Keep them in your loving care on this new journey. Father, we ask that you would bless them and keep them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Lord, add to the church as he see fit. We're going to actually begin to pray for those who just put him on by baptism and just encourage them, and I know that you would do that. We're going to share with you just a few announcements now. Um, Brother Luther Buckley, who was a former principal at one of our schools here in Jackson, his daughter um, was killed Thursday in a car accident in Meridian and just asking for the prayers of the church. Mary Bell is requesting prayer for her daughter. She had a heart attack this morning and again need all of our prayers. Please pray for all of our sick and children members. We're happy to know that Brother Gross is out of the hospital and I know his company back there is happy to know that and they probably knew that already but just continue to pray for all of our sick and children members. Sister Elitha Mack is out of the hospital and doing well but still need the prayers of the church. Also, we ask you to pray for the Ewan family in that they lost a loved one. And please pray for Mrs. Mandy White's family. And she's not here today because she had death in her family as well. We ask you to please pray for all of our sick and children members, regardless of who they are. And I know that we will do that. And listen, our time is coming sooner or later. Worshiping with us today is the family of Miss Willie B. Duvall. On yesterday, her family celebrated her 97th birthday. Family in attendance are from Texas, Tennessee, Mississippi, California. Mr. Vaughn is the grandmother of Deacon Driscoll Duvall. Please join us in giving them a big, big round of applause. Turn around, look at well, the there. Oh, there they are. All right, all right. God bless you. God bless you. We'll get some additional announcements from the media. Good morning, Kay Chapel. The Jackson District Women's Auxiliary Council will meet on today, August the 12th at 2.30 p.m. at the Fair Street Baptist Church. All women are invited to participate. And please note that scholarship recipients will be named during this meeting. The Kay Chapel Youth Council is searching for an adult male youth leader. All K-Chapel men are encouraged to contact Youth Director Brother Ken Brown to learn more about this opportunity. The K-Chapel Girl Scouts will have registration on August the 17th from 6 to 7.15 in the community room at the Medical Mall. Food and fun for all. You may also register online at gsgms.org. 
Girls ages 5 to 17 are invited to attend. Kate Chapel, let me apologize for the confusion caused last week during the announcements with regards to our fall revival. It is correct that we will not host our fall revival in August. That's because it has been postponed to October. So join us here at Cade on October the 16th through the 18th for our fall revival each night beginning at 7.15. We hope to see you there. And please be sure to check your bulletins and the bulletin boards for additional announcements and upcoming community events and to share your ministry news with the K-Chapel family. Just send an email to kchapelannouncements at yahoo.com or you can go to the Submit Info tab on the K-Chapel app. But be sure to get your announcements in by noon on Tuesday of each week. Got that, didn't you? At this time, we'd like to just pause and recognize our visitors. To all of you who are not yet members of this congregation, we're going to ask if you would please stand. Let us thank you for coming and invite you back. All visitors, won't you please stand up? Amen. God bless you. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Why don't you remain standing for just a moment? Isn't that a blessing? That's a blessing. Remain standing. We want you to know on behalf of our senior pastor, Reverend Reginald Buckley, our pastor, Mary, Reverend Hart Buckley, and the entire K-Chapel family, just so happy you chose to worship us today. If you're just visiting, please come in the time to get the live. But if by chance you're looking for church home before you leave today, we're going to try to convince you just about home. And while you're standing, we're going to give you something you can only get here at K-Chapel Mr. Baptist Church. This is our fellowship here. Won't you reach out and welcome your neighbor? Welcome to K-Chapel.
chosen seed of Israel's race. Hail him. And crown him. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Let the church say amen. amen. Let's say amen again. And we give God glory, thanks, and honor, and praise, for this is the day that the Lord has made. We are rejoicing and we're glad in it. Amen. Can we thank the Lord for our new baptisms this morning? Amen. 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 We certainly thank God for him adding to the church through baptism. And I also want to thank our deacons and uh, ministerial staff for uh, the baptism that we did on last week. Uh, we, 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 we had that baptism on last week for one very special reason. Um, you know, when, when children uh, come for the summer and spend time with the grandparents, uh, wonderful things can happen. Uh, they can eat grandma's biscuits. Amen. Uh, but they can also find faith. And when one finds faith, we count that as very dear and important to us. That young lady was going to be going back home to New Orleans uh, before um, baptism could take place. And Grandmama just asked me, said, Reverend, can, she, she wants to be baptized and, 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 and she has the faith. And, and I don't know if it's going to happen when she gets back home. And so we said, well, let's make sure it happens while she's here. Amen. And so our deacons, I want to thank you, deacons and pastor and ministerial staff, for making sure that that took place uh, for that young person of faith. And we thank you uh, as God has led you here to, to, uh, through baptism, and we celebrate that with you as well. Amen. Listen, do we have uh, young people who are headed to college next week, this week or next week? Young people who are headed to college, I see one. There, see one here. Every, all of our college people stand up quickly. We had about eight this morning. Amen. Headed to college, headed to college. All right, listen. Amen. They all, they all started popping up, didn't they? God bless you. God bless you. Listen, what we want to do, we, we're celebrating you before you leave this morning. We're going to have a special prayer for you, so don't leave early. Amen. We're waiting until the benediction. We're going to bring you down and have a special prayer with you and cover you as you go to your various college campuses. But we're thinking about you and praising God for you as God is going to do great things through you. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Brother Thickpin, won't you come? We ask now that we all prepare to give as we have been so blessed. This is our tithe and offertory period. We're going to have the spoken word from the pulpit. Our ushers and choir, and choir is going to come to share with us and to help us to give as we have been so blessed. He that hath pity upon the poor lendeth unto the Lord, and that which he give, has given will he pay him again. So cast thy bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. Bring thee all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I would not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. 
May the Lord add his blessings to the readers, the hearers, and the doers of his holy word. Why, ushers?
Amen. You may be seated. Never will the rock cry out in my place. He's worthy of all my praise. Now, if the Lord has not done anything for you, you be quiet. Don't say nothing. If, if God hadn't moved in your life, you, you hush. If the Lord has never healed your body, just stay seated and don't do anything. If God has never opened any doors for you, don't wave your hand, don't testify, don't give him any praise, don't. But if, I say if, the, I say if God has done anything in your life, you ought not let a rock cry out in your place. You ought not let the birds give your praise, but you ought to tell him, thank you. Hallelujah. Bless his holy name. Bless his name. I'm not going to let a rock do what I can do for myself. I know the Lord has been good. He's been better than good. Done some things that only God could do. And I'm not by myself in here. It's some folk don't mind testifying that he's brought you through this. And he brought you through that. Brought you through some things you didn't think you could come through, but God has been good. Amen. Y'all are lucky. Listen, somebody driving the um, gray Mercedes, tag number 6TS52, your windows are open and they're expecting it to rain at most any time. Also, where's Miss Wooten? You, you want, you want 60 seconds? Make your way. Good morning, K Chapel. Amen. For the clock start, I believe we give him two minutes. Is that right? I appreciate that. All right, we're going to give you two minutes. I was minutes. about to All say, right. at least take off the time it took me to walk over here to the microphone, sir. <laughs> give me that much. All right, so let me do this real fast because first service, I didn't know I was being timed, so Pastor, I'm going to be real quick this time. Uh, I appreciate Pastor Buckley for giving me an opportunity to come before you and take just a few minutes. How many I got? Two, three? Two, two, two minutes out of this morning service to speak with you all on this morning. My name is Adrian Wooten. Currently, I serve as state representative for District 71, that's South Jackson and some parts of Byram. I came here about 12 years ago when I stepped out on faith and had absolutely no experience and asked you all to support me in my run for state representative, and many of you were able to do so. And I come before you on today stepping out on faith again believing that I'm walking in what God has for me and my purpose for his will to be done. And I have put my name in the hat for Hines County Circuit Court Judge, Subdistrict 1. Now, 12 years ago, many of you could not support me because I was limited to South Jackson, but in this particular race, oh, everybody probably can support me if you so desire. It's South Jackson, 
West Jackson, Bellhaven, and Northeast Jackson. It starts at one end and ends at the other. Now, for those of you all who don't know what a circuit court judge does, how many minutes I got? Uh, he said 20 seconds. Now, last time it was a minute. For those of you all who don't know what a circuit court judge, they listen to two types of law, civil litigation and criminal defense. Civil litigation is simple, where you sue people for money. I've been doing that for 19 years. I have sued people. I've represented people that have been sued. I currently serve as an assistant public defender in Holmes County, and outside of Holmes County, people come and hire me to represent them in their criminal cases. And then for the past 11 years, I have actually been making the laws that I practice in the courts. Nobody in my race has my qualifications. Although my name is at the very bottom of the ballot, I'm at the very top of being the most qualified. Now, he's coming to sit me down. So I got to ask you for three things. I got to ask you for your prayers, your support, and your vote. Come on out on November 6th, cast your ballot for whomever you feel is the best candidate for the job. And I'm just hoping that you know that I will be the most qualified candidate for that position. Thank you so much. One final selection, and then we read it for the message for the morning.
what a refreshing reminder that I am a product of the Most High God. God looked at and decided to make you in his image after his likeness. We are fearfully and wonderfully made, created. And listen to my college students who are going off to college. Don't ever forget that. I know there'll be more, many more theories you will be introduced to. But after it's all said and done, you ought to have a sidebar with your professor and just tell him, I know what the book says, but I also know what this book says. God made me. And I'm not ashamed to worship my God. And if I have to worship him on a college campus, I'll do that too. Amen. God bless you. He made us who we are. I want to invite your attention to the book of Romans, Romans chapter 7, verse 18. And then James chapter 1, verse 18. Romans 7, verse 18. Then James chapter 1, beginning with verse I'm sorry, we're beginning with verse 19. Romans chapter 7, verse 18. It reads, For I know that in me, that is, in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. How to perform that which is good, I find not. Then James 1, beginning with verse 19, reads, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straight forth forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. How to fortify your faith. How to fortify your faith. How to build up your faith. I know you've been baptized. I know you've been saved. I know you are sanctified and filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to talk with you about how now to build up what's been put inside of you. How to develop it and mature it. How to grow your faith. Uh, this is 
part one of a series of sermons that I want to call the how-tos of faith. How to do, Paul says. He says, I, I know what to do, but I need some help with how to do. I know none of you need any help there. You figured this all out, but... But, but, but for those of us who will admit that there are some things that we know to do that we hadn't quite figured out how to do. I know to live holy, but if I'm honest, you don't have to be, but if I'm honest, there are some days that I hadn't figured out how to be holy in this part of my life. How to do what I know to do. How to do what I know is right. And how to live and have the kind of faith that God now requires of you as a child of God. That's, that's what I want to preach about over the next few weeks. So that we would have so great a faith. The kind of faith that would allow you to face the uncertainties of life with the blessed assurance of God's holy word. Faith that allows you to walk through life's furnaces confident that the Lord will meet you in the flame. Faith. Kind of faith that will help you to stand when you feel like falling. Faith that will allow you to smile when you feel like crying. Faith that will help you to dance when you're going through mourning. Faith that will allow you to hope when you feel like giving up. Faith that will let you keep praying when you don't see a change coming. Faith. Faith to believe when there are no figs on the trees, no grapes on the vines, and no cattle in the stall. I'm talking about that kind of a faith that you can hold on to, lean on, and depend on when times are tough. And all of us as believers need that kind of faith. Because hear me and hear me well, your day is coming. Your challenge might well be around the corner when you need to lean and depend on that kind of faith. I want to help you this morning to understand that you are not by yourself when Paul says how to do what I want to do. I want to do right, but I got to admit that there's a war in my flesh that pulls me to do the very thing that I don't want to do. I want to bless people who curse me, but I got to admit, I know some words too. Y'all ain't going to talk to me in here. I ain't forgot them. I, I, I want to I do the right thing. I want to love my enemies, but, but how do I do? what I know I ought to do when, when the wrong thing keeps pulling me to do 
what I know I ought not do. I want to help us in that part of our faith development. So over the next course of the next few weeks, we will be talking about some of the how-tos of faith, how to pray with power, how to give with gladness, how to forgive what you can't forget, how to love who you don't like, how to hear God's voice, how, 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 to, how to do what I know I ought to do. And so this morning, we want to talk about how to fortify your faith, how to build up, how to grow and mature. Thank God for you who have put him on this morning by baptism. And now, how to take that next step in your faith development so that this is but step one and that you don't get in the trap that some Christians are in, that being that I've been baptized and I've been saved and I've been sealed by the Holy Spirit and now my faith lies dormant. Your faith should be active. Your faith should be vibrant. Your faith should be ever-growing. And in order for that to happen, there are some things that you have to do to make sure that your faith does not die on the vine. The book of James certainly lends itself to this kind of teaching and preaching because James is written in a very practical way. The apostle offers some straightforward instructions about what it means to be a Christian and how our faith is to be lived out and what it looks like when we are actually being authentically people of faith. James keeps before us that if we are the Christians who we claim to be, that there is a certain way we are supposed to act. There are certain things that we're supposed to do. There are certain characteristics that we are to possess and demonstrate. And to do less than that is to have what James calls a dead faith. Remember, it's James who says faith without works. In other words, you can talk about all the faith you want to, but if you aren't backing that up with some action, if people cannot see your faith and all they do is hear you talking about God, but they don't see any God in your language. They don't see any God in your responses to life. They don't see any God in how you relate to people. He says, that's a dead faith. It is James who keeps this very practical way of thinking about Christianity at the forefront. For James says, if any man be among you who seems to be religious and he cannot bridle his tongue, James says, that religion is in vain. He said, if, if, if you're the Christian that you say you, ought, you are, then you ought to be able to tame your tongue. You the Christian that you say you ought, everything that come to your mind ought not come out of your mouth. If you the Christian you say you are, you ought to be able to put some brakes on the thing that you want to say. Help me somebody. And James says, if you can't do that, then this religion thing called Christianity is in vain. 
Mm-hmm. Let that sink in for a moment. It is this same James that says, if a brother or sister is destitute and needs food, and this is my own translation, I'm paraphrasing it here. It says, if, if, if a brother or sister is destitute and needs food, and all you say to that person is depart, go in peace, and, and you pray for him and bless him, but, but you don't give him the very thing that he needs, what kind of religion is that? That's a dead faith. It's a dead faith. James is keeping before us the pressure of having a faith that does something. A faith that is real, that can be felt, that can be perceived, that is tangible, and that has meaningful implications and applications. The same James that says, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Yes. So then our faith must be seen, felt, and heard. This text helps us then to understand how to go about fortifying faith such that it does not lie dormant in our lives. How to fortify faith so it's not just reg regulated to, relegated rather to belief, but it's demonstrated by our behavior. So the first thing this text suggests about how to have such a faith that first of all, the believer must have a readiness to hear the word of God. A readiness to hear the word. If you're going, here it is, it's real simple. If you're going to grow in your faith, you actually have to want to hear God's word. A readiness. It's in the text. It says, be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Look at it. Swift to hear. That means that as a believer, you, you ought not be able to wait till Sunday gets here. I mean, the world says, thank God it's Friday, but the church ought to say, thank God it's Sunday because I've been waiting on Sunday to get here because I get to hear the word of God. And why is that important? Because the word of God is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. The word of God, I hide in my heart that I might not sin against God. The word of God is that which holds me and keeps me and comforts me when I'm anxious and holds me when I'm worried and secures me when I'm doubtful. I need the word of God in my life. And if you are a believer growing in your faith, you ought to anxiously anticipate God's word being delivered on Sunday mornings. Now hear me and hear me well. You can do your devotions throughout the week. You can meditate on the word. You can read the word. You can pray the word. But on Sunday morning, if you are able, you ought to get in the sanctuary where you can hear the word. Why? Because Paul says faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I need to be in a place where I can hear God's word because when that word gets in me, it becomes flesh. Swift to hear. Slow to speak. Slow to wrath. Swift, quick to hear. Slow to respond. Heard somebody say, not long ago, the Lord gave you two ears and one mouth. Because it, it suggests that we ought to hear more than we say. At least double as much hearing as it is as we are speaking. Yes, swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. There ought to be a readiness to hear God's 
holy word. Jesus tells the parable about the sower and the soils. You remember he says there was a farmer who went to sow seed and, and he sowed the seed and some fell on the wayside. Some fell on rocky soil. Some fell on thorny soil and some fell on good soil. That which fell by the wayside, the birds came and ate it away, ate it up. That which fell uh, in, the, in the rocky soil, it, 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 it went to growing, but because it could not get deep root systems, when the sun came up, it parched it and it died. That, that which fell among the, 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 thorny, the thorny soil, it, it took root, it started to grow, but, but because there were so many thorns and thistles, when it grew, it did not have any room to grow, and it was choked out. But then there was some good soil. And this, poor, this parable suggests to us that there are at least four kinds of listeners. There's the wayside listener. That, that's the one who doesn't matter how many sermons he hears. It ain't doing him no good. She come week after week. Hear the same sermon. Same word. And for whatever reason before... He or she gets out of the door, Satan comes and snatches that word from them. That is the wayside listener. They are not really interested in hearing what God has to say. But then there is the shallow listener. The shallow listener is the one who hears and has an interest in hearing the word, but not for the sake of the word itself, but because he or she has an appreciation for how the word sounds. They're more caught up in the sound of the word than they are in the truth of the word. And when there is a shallow listener, those are the ones who are more interested in who's preaching than what's being preached. The shallow listener is the one who will say, who, who up today? Is, is, is Reverend preaching? His car ain't there yet. Text me when his car get there. More, more, more interested in the sound. Talk to me if you can. You, 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 you like a certain kind and a certain style and a, and a certain presentation. But, but hear me and hear me well. God can use any preacher. To bring the truth of his word. And sometimes you may well be missing your word because your preacher ain't preaching. Y'all miss me. Y'all miss me on this. Don't you know there are some shallow listeners who are more interested in the way preachers preach. Rather than what's actually being said. They listen to the eloquence of the sermon. They are there critiquing the homiletics of the preacher rather than the hermeneutics of the scripture. They're listening and, and listening and their ears are being tingled because of how he phrases and, and how he develops the sermon. And, and when he finally gets to that part of the sermon, where his voice 
changes. It starts, yeah, to get, see some of y'all woke up right then. You said, whoa, he closing already? No, I ain't closing yet. I got two more points. But a shallow listener hears and listens for those cues and is more interested in how what's being said rather than what's being said. There is thirdly the crowded listener. The crowded listener is the one who has so many other ideas, competing ideas in his or her thought system that, that, that there's so much going on in his or her life that the word of God has no room to really grow. They do a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And then add the word of God as if all of them are equal. I'll read the word of God, but I'm going to read my horoscope. I'm going to get my palm read. I'm going to look at them tarot cards. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. And there's so many other things that are competing for that space that only God has the right to occupy that his word is being choked out by other belief systems and other ideologies. You got to clear your, your heart, your life of everything and anything that can compete with the word of God taking root in your heart. But then thank God that there is the ready listener, the good soil, the one who is swift to hear, ready to receive, who has prepared his or her heart and life in such a way that when the word goes forth, there is good ground upon which the, word, the seed of the word can penetrate, can be planted, can grow, and can produce. Secondly, if you're going to grow, if you're going to flourish in your faith, Secondly, if your faith is going to be fortified, you must remove that which hinders. Remove that which hinders. Verse 21 says, Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. I said remove that which hinders. If you're going to grow in your faith, hear me, if you're going to grow in your faith, you can't keep doing the same old stuff. I'll say it again. You're going to grow in your faith. You can't keep living the same old life. You're going to grow in your faith. I know you've been baptized. That's good. That's a great start. I know you've been saved, sealed, sanctified with the Holy Spirit now. But now, as a saved, sanctified, spirit-filled Christian, now you must lay aside that which has caused you not to grow and not to excel and not to get to the next level in your faith. You can't take the old stuff with you trying to get to a new level. You got to lay it down. The writer of Hebrews says, let us lay aside every weight and sin that does so easily beset us. Those things that get in the way, those things that impact our lives in a negative way, those things that impede us from making the progress that we could make. The writer says, if you're going to grow in your faith, if your faith is going to flourish and be fortified, you've got to lay the sin aside. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying it's just some stuff you can't do. You're looking for a deep answer? That's as deep as I get right there. There's some stuff you just can't do and expect to grow in your faith. 
You can't keep sinning and expect to grow. You can't keep lying and expect to grow. You can't keep cheating and expect to grow. You can't keep. And expect to grow in your faith. Lay it aside. Lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. Whatever is naughty in your life, get it out. Help me, Holy Ghost. Number three, number three, here it is. Receive the word in our hearts. If you're going to flourish in your faith, if your faith is going to be fortified, you have to actually receive the word. And we talked about being hearers of the word. But here, James goes a step further and says, he talks about the engrafted word. That is hearing it, watch this, and then allowing that word to actually become a part of your life. The word becoming flesh, the engrafted word, the word is inside of you. It is who you are the engrafted word and watch this he says the only way you're going to receive the engrafted word the implanted word you've got to receive it here it is here's a, here's the key you got to receive it with meekness with meekness that's the clue right there he says the only way you're going to grow in your faith you've got to watch this you've got to get rid of the pride the reason some of us have not grown is because nobody can tell us anything We know everything. Nobody can challenge us. Nobody can show us how to do things a little bit differently. No one can show us a better way. And so this word says, if I'm going to grow, I have to be meek in how I receive the word. I have to be humble. There has to be a humility that, that, that accompanies my reception of God's word. That, that means that I bring myself to the place of saying, Lord, I'm not where I ought to be yet. It, it, it's, it's, it's owning up and saying, you know what? I'm not too proud to admit I'm not there yet. I wonder if there's about two or three folk in here who are not too ashamed to admit I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm a Christian and, and I'm striving to do the best I can. And I'm, I'm, I really mean it. But, but when I look at my life, when, when the mirror is placed before me, I got to admit, I'm not there yet. And that's the place of meekness. That's when God's word does its best work. When people are humble enough to admit, Lord, I still need some help. I'm still undone. I'm still unclean. I'm still messed up. There's still parts of my life that need to be changed. And even though I'm here looking the part, I know, God, that I'm a mess inside. God, make me over. <laughs> Receive the word with meekness in our hearts. There's still room for us to grow. Here's the last one, and I'm through. You're going to fortify your faith. This text says, finally, you gotta, and it, this is the key, y'all. You gotta respond to what God has said. James ends his text by saying, he says, he says, listen, uh, you can't be hearers only of the word. He said, I've spent a lot of time talking about hearing the word and, and the engrafted word and, and being swift to hear and, and ready to receive. He said, but now, none of this reception means anything if you don't do something with what you got. 
He said, you, you can get this word and, and, and it can be the right word for your life, but it will mean nothing if you leave here and don't apply it to your life. He says, so, so be hearers, yes, but not hearers only, but be ye also doers of the word. I'm through. You looking for a hoop? I ain't got one. Let's be, be doers of the word. Don't, 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 don't let all of your energy be spent in worshiping God with lifted hands when you need to go outside from here and make sure that you put your hands to the work of the gospel. Do what you've been called to do according to the word. Not just a hearer, but a doer. A doer means that, 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 okay, here it is. I'm finished. Here it is. You, somebody said, Reverend, uh, you made a, a pledge early in the year. It's August now. And in January, you said you were going to be more fit. And, and you've been working at it. You've been working at it. You lost some pounds. Amen. Thank God for that. You've been working at it. And, 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 and somebody said, uh, well, Reverend, I got a trainer. Bless the Lord. You got a trainer. Man, you serious? I got a trainer. He gonna train me. Bless the God. And the trainer with you, and he got you in the gym. He said, "Now I need you to do uh, forty squats and and add some cardio uh, to your workout because you don't have enough cardio. And you, that means that means you you've mastered walking. Now you got to run a little bit. You got the walking down. That's good. That's a good start. But now you got to add to that some run because you got to sweat." And, and the more you sweat, and, and he's telling you all these different things that you got to do in order to get that, 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 that physical fitness that you want. Now, after he shared all of that information with you, it means nothing if you don't start doing it. He can give you every tip. He can give you every exercise, every regimen that there is to follow, and it will be great information, but it means nothing if you have not used it for application. In the same way with this word, this is great information that will mean little in your life if you don't finally just go do it. Just got to do it. Listen, there's no mystery to faith development. It's just like exercise. The only way you grow, you just got to start doing it. There's no magic. You just got to start doing it. Well, how do I become a, a, faithful, a faithful Christian uh, in my giving? You start giving. How do I become a faithful tither? You start tithing. There's no mystery to this. You just got to start doing it. And when you start doing it, your faith increases. And nobody can make you do that but you. That's your decision. Lord, how do I become a prayer warrior? You start praying. Lord, how do, how, do I, how do I forgive for? <laughs> Start forgiving. And the more you do, the more those faith muscles, muscles develop. 
it becomes easier to forgive folk who hurt you because you've been practicing it. When it comes time for giving, it ain't no second thought about if I'm a tithe because you've been already tithing and, and it's just what you do. And it's, watch this, the trainer will call it muscle memory. And Brother Thickpin says it's time for giving, the muscle memory just kicks in. You don't have to question what I'm going to give, I, I give. You just do it. Tell your neighbor, just do it. That's, that's the hoop right there. Just do it. Amen. To tell your neighbor, just do it. If you're going to get excited, it's going to be because somebody next to you told you, just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Live it out. Walk it out. Work it out. And the more you do that, the more you will see your faith flourish. Amen. God bless you and God keep you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the measure of faith that you've given to each of us. We thank you, Lord, that we can walk by faith and not by sight. Now, God, I pray for every man, woman, boy, and girl who is on their faith journey and trying to enter into that next phase of faith, that next level of faith, and experience you at a greater depth. Live your word with greater eagerness and excitement. I pray for that individual who's ready to slay new giants, scale new mountains, claim new victories. I pray for that individual who is ready, oh God, to have a new testimony of of how you brought them to a new place in their faith. That right now, this word would begin growing in their lives. That it would not be stolen away by Satan, that it would not fall on shallow ears or, or thorny ground, but Lord, that the good soil of their hearts would be a great context for this word to take root and grow and produce in their lives, 160 and 30 fold. Do that now, God, because we desire so great a faith. The kind of faith that will allow us to not run when we need to stand and fight and be still. The kind of faith that will allow us to go through life storms believing that, Lord, if you're with us, you can speak peace, be still. The kind of faith knowing that, Lord, if you're with us, then nothing can come against us God now I also pray for an individual who needs to come to the moment of faith now one who needs to experience you for the first time in in reality the first time in authenticity the first time as Lord and Savior of his or her heart and life if you're here this person of whom I speak if you know that's you and you know that you're at a place where right now you really want to be saved. You really want Jesus Christ to be Lord of your life. I simply invite you to pray this prayer in your heart. Pray this prayer with me in your heart. Say, Lord, here I am. And I'm opening my heart to accept you as Lord and Savior of my life. I need you now. And I believe now that you are the son of God. I believe now 
that you died on a cross for my sins. And I believe now that you rose again from the dead. And Lord, I'm asking you to be my Savior, my God, and my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Now listen, if you prayed that prayer in your heart, I want to invite you to do one other thing. That is simply confess with your mouth. For the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you shall be saved. If you prayed that prayer, I invite you now to come and share salvation with us. Won't you come right now? The doors of the church are open. Lord, I'm available to you. My will I give to you. The door of the church is open. Come now, come now, come now. I'll do what you say, do. Use me, Lord, to show someone the way. My storage is empty. I'm available to you. You've already given your life to Christ, but you don't have a church home. We invite you to come. We invite you to come. Won't you come now? You need a church. You need a pastor. You need brothers and sisters. Come now. Lord, I'm available. place I want to invite now all of our college bound students all of you who are headed to college this week next week whatever the case may be won't you come down and let us bless you as you go all of our college students won't you come now all of our college students come on come on come on come on wherever you are come on don't be shy now don't be shy now amen God bless you God bless you God bless you
Hallelujah. There we go. Amen. Wow. Wow. Where are y'all come from? Good God Almighty. Good God. Listen, listen. Let, let's find out who you are and where you're headed. I need a name and, and, and where you're going to college, all right? Hey, my name is Ariel Bither, and I'm going to Holmes Community College. My name is Kadarius Terrell. I'm going to Tougaloo College. Hallelujah. My name is Allie Cassie, and I'll be a junior at Tougaloo College. Right. Um, my name is Morgan Bridgman, and I'm an incoming freshman at Alcorn State University. Amen. <laughs> I'm Jesse Love. I'm going to be a senior at Jackson State University. Look at that. Look at that. All right. Taylor Williams. I'll be a freshman at MSU. All right. All right. Brianna Cry. I'll be a sophomore at Hampton University. Right, God bless you. Victoria Montgomery, sophomore at Alcorn. Awesome, awesome. Brianna Wicks, and I will also be a senior at Jackson State. All right, all right. God bless you, God bless you. Y'all are a fine-looking group of scholars. Amen. I need to get back and get a good view of y'all. Y'all are going to do some wonderful things. God is going to use you in an awesome way. And listen, I want you to look out there and understand that you got a whole church family that's praying for you. You got a whole church family who wants to see you succeed. And we're going to be thinking about you as you're on those college campuses doing awesome things. Only thing I want you to remember is one thing. Well, a few things, but one thing comes to mind right now. Remember who you are. Remember who you are. Remember where you came from. Amen. And remember, God is taking you somewhere important. All right? Remember who you are, where you came from and that God has a great destiny in store for each of you. And we're going to be rooting you on all the way. Amen? Amen, K Chapel. Listen, let's pray for them as we, they get ready to take... Won't you stand? Won't you stand? We're going to lift them up all right now. Amen. Y'all already making us proud. If you will, won't you join hands with your neighboring uh, collegian uh, and scholar and pray for them as as they pray for you. Father God, how grateful and how thankful we are for this day that you have given us. We thank you, O oh Lord, for these college students. For you have made them in your image and after your likeness, fearfully and wonderfully, which means, O oh God, that you've given them everything that they need to succeed. So we thank you for that. We pray that you remind them that there is nothing too difficult that they cannot handle with the Lord on their side. God, we thank you that you brought them this far and we thank you for the awesome things that you're yet going to do. Lord, we pray now that they will walk by faith and not by sight. We pray, oh God, that on their various college campuses that they would be the salt and the light that you have called Christians to be, that other students will look to them for the examples to follow. God, we thank you for the testimonies that they're going to be and, and bring back to this place, oh God, of how you brought them over and how the, you've opened doors for them and how you made ways for them. Thank you, oh God. Lord, we pray not only for these students, but we pray for their parents. We pray, oh God, that you would instill in them a sense of peace and contentment, Lord, that the same way that you, you had to do for, for Moses' mother as she put that baby boy in that, in that basket and, and put him on the Nile River. She had to say, Lord, take care of my child. And so, God, as you took care of that child, we pray now that you take care of these. 
These that you've given to us, we give them back to you. And we say, take care of them now. Bless them on their college campuses. Keep them in your care. Bless, oh God, their studies. Anoint their minds. Keep their hearts. Guide their footsteps. In Jesus' name. Now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with each of you now, henceforth, and forevermore. In the name of the Father and of the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. God bless you. Go in peace. Congratulations, man.